Hi there, this is Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is the Love to Tell the Story podcast. Among the most powerful and telling words found in all of the Gospels were spoken before Jesus' public ministry had even begun. It happened at the very moment of his baptism in the River Jordan. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. It's God's own powerful word of affirmation. And the good news is that word extends to you and me as well. Based on the story of Jesus' baptism that comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, this is the message entitled, Affirmation. I believe that amongst the most powerful and telling words found in all of the Gospels are those spoken from heaven above at the very moment of Jesus' baptism. This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Well, friends, I had to do a little digging to find it. But you know what? It was still there, deep within a file file folder in my file cabinet. A handwritten note, this handwritten note, that had been placed in my seminary mailbox way back when I was a student there in 1982, when I was just beginning my very first assignment as student pastor of the little church in Holton, Maine. The note was uh, from one of my professors, Walter Dickout. He was the director of field education for Bangor Seminary at the time, also professor of preaching. And in nearly indecipherable handwriting, I have to tell you, it read as follows. Dear Mike, it said, and by the way, in those days, nobody called me Michael. I wanted you to know that I learned from Anita, Anita was the former student pastor of the Holton Church, I've learned that Anita has received many Christmas greetings from folks at Holton, which include commendation of your work as their pastor. And then below this, he added these words that I have never ever forgotten. Since the pastor too often hears only the negative stuff, I thought you ought to know that some good words are being spoken. Well, just over 40 years later, friends, I realized he turned out to be right on both counts. In this vocation, you do hear all the negatives. Trust me on that. But oh, what a blessing to hear those good words. That little note meant a great deal to me back then. And even now, the memory of it warms my heart. But lest you think here that I'm talking merely about the nature of pastoral ministry or even one young pastor's need for praise, you need to understand that this blessing is something that runs broader and deeper than that. In fact, I would go so far to say that one human desire that binds us all together The one wish that every one of us shares in one way or another is a deep yearning for affirmation. Affirmation, which is to 
be accepted and appreciated, to be valued by others as someone who is worthwhile, and above all, to know, to know that you are loved without hesitation or condition or limit. And what we learn in in this brief but incredible moment of Matthew's gospel, the one that Cindy just shared with us, this moment when Jesus comes up dripping wet out of the water of the River Jordan and when the skies opens up before him with the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, what we learn here is that ours is the God who is the Lord of affirmation. For this is the God who says to Jesus and says to the world and says to you and me today, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Or as this verse is beautifully rendered in the message translation, this is my son chosen and marked by my love, the delight of my life. You know, the thing I always remember about that note from Walter Dickout is that at the time I received it, I really hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> I had only been their pastor in Holton for only a, a matter of a very few weeks. I hadn't yet had any chance to prove myself in the task of ministry. There really hadn't even been enough time yet for me to mess things up. The fact is, friends, this this note is dated right after Christmas that year, and at that point, I was untried, I was untested, I was green and wholly wet behind the ears. However you care to describe it, folks, that was me in the fall of 82. And yet, here I was already the recipient of love and appreciation offered up in abundance from these good people, all without having really stepped out all that far on the path of ministry. This journey of faith that that I was going to be walking with these people over the next five years. In a larger sense, friends, I've got to say it's the same pathway I'm still walking with all of you all these years later. Looking back on it, I realize it just how very blessed I was to have begun the work of Christian ministry with that kind of affirmation. Well, likewise, understand that this divine affirmation of Jesus that we're reading about this morning took place before Jesus' public ministry had even begun. Prior to this moment, as Matthew records it, there were no lessons and parables that came from Jesus, at least none that we know about. None of the disciples had yet been called. There weren't any acts of healing or other miracles at this point. And of course, this was some three years before the events of the Passion. Matthew uh, only really devotes a few scant verses to this at the beginning of his gospel. Mark and Luke both record it in very similar terms. But it is nonetheless, you see, a singular moment and a significant truth of Jesus' life and ministry. 
that before anything else, before his ministry had even begun, first there was affirmation. God's powerful word. With you, I am well pleased. And if we correctly understand that God intends for the meaning of this moment to extend to all of you and to me, then, friends, we also come to know that our baptism in Jesus' name represents God's affirmation of us as well. Let me try to explain it this way. You see, most of the good words we hear in our life come to us after the fact, do they not? You did a good job, we say. You crossed the finish line. You, you earned the kudos and accolades along with respect that comes along with that. You see, the glory of God, friends, is that God speaks those words of affirmation before anything is said or done, before there are successes in life, before there are inevitable failures that come about because of our weakness or sin. What we are talking about here in this little moment is the cornerstone of grace, the hallmark of godly love and the radiant sign of the power and ability of God to create and sustain new life, to soothe the soul and empower the spirit. This is how we can be called children of God because God has already affirmed our inherent worth in his sight. By the water of baptism, friends, we are shown unconditional love. And we are marked as God's own beloved forever, each and every one of us, to be called daughters and sons with whom God is well pleased. That's why we rejoice in the church when someone comes forward in faith to receive uh, what I often like to refer to is a sacrament of welcome, the sacrament of baptism as their own. And that is why we celebrate as we do when a young family stands at the front of this sanctuary to present their child to be baptized by water in the Holy Spirit. Indeed, when we do baptisms in this place, we are in fact acknowledging and professing what God has already done, which is affirming them as creations of love and people of promise. We are proclaiming and celebrating God's great and welcoming love, a love that is offered to us prior to anything else we might have done or may yet do. This is love that's unquestioning and unfailing. There's no boundaries of this love and no conditions that you and I sometimes have a tendency to place upon it. It's love that is wholly and fully demonstrated in the life of death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and which is renewed each and every new day by the touch of his Holy Spirit. I think that's one reason I've always loved the sacrament of baptism, because, I mean, what an incredible way to start out in this life. And whether, you know, in baptism we're talking about the life of a newborn child, or, or whether we're talking about the life of any one of us here who have made a confession of faith and thus have begun life anew. I mean, what a thing to be able to step out on a 
pathway of faith, knowing, knowing with every fiber of your being that even before you took that first step, you were already being welcomed home. See, that's exactly how it is for us. That's the meaning of baptism for each and every one of us, friends. For this is the God who says of Jesus and who says to you and me, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. But all that said, there's another thing about this, friends, something very important that we don't talk about as much, I think, but, but it's just as important as anything else. And it's just as it is true that God begins his relationship with us with affirmation, just as God continues to affirm us daily by his care and nurture through gentle guidance and with an encouraging word, it is also true that God calls forth from us the same kind of love to pass on to others. I cannot begin to tell you the numbers of persons I have met in my work and along my life's pathway, men and women, children and youth, people whose very lives have been defined by the other lack of affirmation in their lives. So many people who have rarely, if ever at all, known what it is to be accepted and appreciated and loved by the people around them. You know the old and familiar maxim that if a child lives with criticism, he or she learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility or ridicule or shame, then that child learns to fight or to be withdrawn or to live their lives out of a false assumption of guilt. Well, that's a maxim that holds true. It all, it holds painfully true for so many of us. Perhaps, I dare say, even some of us who have come to worship this morning. There are indeed those among us who have become so weighed down by the utter sorrow of never having known the affirmation of those around them that they would dare not ever open themselves to God's affirmation. And how tragic is that, friends? Tragic because, first of all, because God does indeed affirm us. And so it's a terrible thing not to receive that. But also because affirmation, you see, is the first step in answering a call, a ministry, really, to affirm others. Let me ask you a question this morning that I think speaks to this. How many good words get left unsaid? How many times have you or I rushed out the door to get somewhere without first telling the people closest to us that we love them? Or how often have we parted company in the midst of a heated discussion without somehow saying, that despite the fact that we disagree on this one point, we still can't imagine a life without those people near to us. How many times have we thought about speaking an encouraging or nurturing or life-giving word to someone that we kind of think might need it? But then we backed off 
we backed off from actually saying something like that because, well, it was going to require a little risk or vulnerability or, or maybe even some embarrassment on our parts. See, what I'm talking about here are missed opportunities for affirmation. The chances we've lost along the way to share what we have received in God's love. And that should never happen. To put it biblically from the first epistle of John, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. And it's when we have the grace, really, to let our guard down, when we actively seek to love one another by word, but most especially in action, it's then that we are answering God's call. And moreover, let me just say, it's how you and I together become a Christian community. It's how we are gathered to be as the church. It's love. Love, you see. God-given, Christ-nurtured, and Spirit-inspired. This is what makes us a church in this place. Whatever else we do, whatever else we don't do, how, whatever we are empowered to do as God's people, in the end it all comes down to love. As simple and as all-encompassing as that. With each passing moment, you see, God turns to us and affirms to us just how very much we are loved. What we need to do is to return to God so that we might in faith and love affirm others. We need to show our families. We need to let our friends know. We need to reach out to those people who are beside us in the pews with the same kind of affirmation that we have received. And might I add here that we need to do it before we're asked we need to show our love before those around us will demonstrate their worthiness or the lack thereof. And yes, we need to do it before other words that get spoken that cause hurt rather than healing. You see, God has been there for us from the beginning. As the song we're about to sing puts it, God was there to hear our morning cry and there when we grow old. I love that line. But it raises a question. Will we be there for one another with the same kind of love that God has always and continues to give us? I hope and pray that it will be said of us in this new year that each of us were there for one another and that love was the center of everything we did. May the Lord guide us in lives of true and loving affirmation, beloved. And may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled Affirmation, recorded during our January the 8th, 2023 service of worship at East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, where, by the way, we invite you to join us in person for worship 
each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, which is just off exit 16 of I-93 in Concord. I would love to have the opportunity to welcome you to our church, and I know you'll be glad you came. And with that, we come to the end of another episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I thank you for listening today, and until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.